Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what's up, guys? You're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson, uh, joined here by Damon Helgewald. This is episode number six, and uh, no shortage of things to talk about today, as always, Damon. Um, I want to get started with this. Damon went to the NHRA uh, NHRA drag racing event at St. Louis today down at Gateway. How was that? You're a huge drag racing guy. Yeah, it... uh... It was awesome, man. I, I've never been to St. Louis's track to either the either facility really, and uh, it, it's a top-notch facility. It was it was easy to get into, get out of. As being a spectator, it was awesome, and then the racing was great. Uh, some of the some of the best racing set track records today in a hundred and some degree heat on the track and. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Got to see, got to see some uh, some good runs. And um, Steve Torrance wins wins top fuel to take their points lead with four races to go. And Matt Hagen regains the lead um, after having to sit out a couple of races with COVID. And then uh, Erica wins for the third straight year at St. Louis, which is pretty hard to do in that category in pro stock. And all three of them leave with with the lead, but um, racing standpoint, it was awesome. I, I can't complain one bit, and uh, I was telling telling my dad throughout the day how the track was going to get warmer and, and cars were going to start spinning, and it never happened. They were just laying down numbers. I think the last pass, Hagen in a Funny Car, laid down like three thirty three, and the track reading was one fifteen at the start of the uh, start of the uh, finals. So it was a good day. Um, is there like a lot of track repetitive, like I'm um, not repetitiveness. Like obviously it's the same format of each, each uh, track. Is there a lot of success um, for drivers at the same track like that? It's weird. You wouldn't it seems, think, yeah, it, you wouldn't think, you wouldn't but it think, seems to happen. It happens more than, more, watch, yeah. more than you, you, you would think uh, you look at like, a Tony Schumacher who dominated Indianapolis for years and Erica winning pro stock like she has at St. Louis. And, um, you know, anytime a force car goes to Pomona, it seems like they're always, always good there. So it, it doesn't seem like it for just a casual person. You'd be like, okay, it's just whoever's hot that at that point, but it, there's something about it. I don't know. It's pretty cool though to, to, to see it. All right. And 
obviously today um we're gonna start with nascar it just happened it's fresh on our minds uh i know circle jerks is waiting for this my god i don't know what pro you can bring out of the 550 package that's like singular it's it's terrible racing it's awful to watch it's and i i'm trying not to go on too many tangents into the things we're going to talk about in the next five minutes here but i don't like today like i tell people to watch nascar i enjoy it we'll always have the moments we'll always have the stuff after the races that product isn't what i would tell people to watch and i feel bad because i was so hyped for the race today forgot it was a 550 race i actually sat down on my computer about 30 minutes before it started after the vikings were taking care of the Seahawks for once. We got to win today. Um, and I looked at the schedule and I'm like, oh shit. This could not this could this could be not great. Well you talk about telling people about NASCAR and getting them to watch. And so they watched last week at Bristol, right? And how yeah. awesome was that? Right. How great was that racing? So they're gonna tune back in for this week and they tune in and see that disaster. Um I, I, I don't even know where to begin with this, but yeah. How do you attract fans when that's the product you're putting out on the track? Yeah, I have, I have no idea that, I mean, it's just rough to watch, man. We had one natural caution all day and I'm not going to, I'm not trying to sit here uh, and say you need cautions to have a good race. No caution spice things up in any series in any foray of racing but the reason you have cautions is because of how on edge you're racing exactly you're running the 550 package you're not racing on an edge that that's exactly it that that's literally the whole thing right there you don't see these cars wreck you don't see these cars spin out on their own at these type of tracks how many times and and we've talked about it you know and it's been on Twitter, it's been in the media elsewhere, but we've talked about how these cars, you don't see even in qualifying them wreck anymore. And, and when they're by themselves and cannot be on edge, how, how does that make good, good run? I, I think today at one point there was, and it was in that last run, I think from second to 10th was separated by like 24 seconds how how do you promote that as good racing to the fans and 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 like you said cautions shouldn't be the whole centerpiece of the sport but again if cars are sliding all over the place you're going to have a better chance for cautions you're also going to have a better chance for better racing. Yeah, absolutely. And that was uh, kind of where I wanted to go with the pro thing is like the whole point of that package and what their idea was, is they wanted cars closer together. They tried it at one track. And so, and- so now, yeah. And so now you, you don't have the cars close together. So mm-hmm. I, I ask again, why, why are we doing this? Why, why is this? What, why was is- it everything? And why is it still a thing now? The thing is, they tried this at one track for the all-star race, right? Isn't that where this whole package yes, kind this of was at Charlotte, Charlotte. 20 they tried that 
like 18, 17. 18, yeah. like they tried this at Charlotte. It is completely different than Vegas, than Kansas, than California. <laughs> it, it's completely different than those type of tracks. It's, to be honest with you, it's different than, than Texas. Texas is a lot faster than Charlotte. But these high-speed mile-and-a-halves that we go to, this package has sucked. Yeah, to, uh, to put it simply. Um... It, it's inferior, infuriating as a fan. And, and, you know, and what our seats are here, too, to just watch the race. And how do we be positive about the disaster that they put out at these tracks? Yeah, and you got to remember, uh, it's not our job to be positive. I'll sit here and flame people when they make bad decisions all day. Uh, I expect people to do the same to me. So, uh, obviously, you know how that goes. Um, but let's get into what we saw today. And I thought the worst, the absolute worst decision of the day was Hendrick Motorsports uh, and their treatment of the only natural caution we saw all day. If you don't know what a natural caution is, I think Matt Weaver technically coined the term. And I love using shit he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a natural caution is any caution that's brought up uh, naturally um, that isn't like a stage break or a competition caution that you seem to have at every damn racetrack for no damn reason. Um, yeah, so basically the stage lengths today were about 10, 15 laps over what you could go on a tank of fuel. Um, so the competition caution, the first stage only needs that. Everyone comes in because you're checking your tires and it's a, uh, pretty trivial thing that everyone's going to come in off the first competition yellow mm-hmm. um only a few times i've seen guys uh try to go do something off that and stay out um it never works well, there's so. certain tracks that if you don't need tires they'll stay out on it but yeah i didn't you know the guys that are doing that are playing like long shots to get in the playoffs or something and mm-hmm. it just never ends up working for them um so the only natural caution we saw today came 10 laps into the second stage joey gaze had an entire wheel fall off um, that Rick Ware racing team could have a lot of fines and penalties from that. Uh, loose wheel violations are huge in NASCAR for the safety issue. Joey's going to the hospital tonight. Uh, I haven't heard anything, um, about his health yet, uh, as of like 10 PM. So we're, uh, keeping him in our thoughts, uh, guys are Cedar Rapids, Iowa native. So hopefully he's okay and all that, but, um, that caution comes out and everyone in the field, Damon, but eight cars pit. Four of those eight cars were Hendrick Motorsports guys that were dominating the race. They were one, two, three, four again. It looked like the same damn Hendrick Motorsports at a 550 track. Uh, absolute domination. It looked like Larson was going to be the front one, front runner. Elliott had some speed. Byron had that slingshot right before that caution. I thought Byron was going to win the race after that. I think Byron and, had the best car out of the four of them, to be honest. Honestly, with you. Yeah. And um, what ends up happening is um, they end up staying out hoping to get another caution in the back 60 laps that stage. Um, And they end up not getting it. So Elliot came down pit road with seven to go. The other three came down later. Um, Elliot ended up racing his lap back and getting his lap back on Hamlin from that. And then the other three, uh, Larson went back to 20. Byron Byron raced into the lucky dog. Yeah. Yes. essentially, Essentially they all took the wave around. Um, except for the lucky dog thing, but that, you know, all that difference eliminates itself. Um, and then on that final round of pit stops, yeah. So 
in, in the third stage, they couldn't make up that gap as quickly as they wanted to. The only person who was doing it quickly was Chase Elliott. That's what they thought everyone could do. Um, they needed another caution at least uh, in stage three to even have a shot at that working, let alone a, any caution in stage two. Obviously, that sounds like a lot of time to get one, but like we said, it's a 550 package. It's a one-and-a-half-mile track. No one's going to wreck here. The only way a caution comes out there during that race is a debris caution or a Rick Ware racing car. Uh, those are the only two ways that you would get a caution. And Larson, that, Larson ended up coming back somewhat quickly. He salvaged yeah. the top 10. But Bowman and Byron both saw tire failures after yeah, they came was- down one time, one immediately after, one later on. And Byron and Bowman are now both outside the cut line because yeah. – of that strategy call alone. I don't know if the strategy call dictates the end of the race results for those two, because that could have happened anyway. Cause the, the both of them came in during that green flag pit stop run in the third stage, both of them had to pit uh, Bowman's was right at the beginning of the stage when everybody pit. And then the uh, Byron one was in, in the end of the race in the third stage, he was yeah, running like seventh so, or something. Aside so, from those issues, those issues took him about six, seven spots back. But instead of an all Hendrick top four, you have one car in the top five and only two in the top five. And here's the thing that gets me more than anything is Cliff Daniels, obviously he's, he's done a great job with Larson this year on top of that box. But you're in a position with the best car on the property once again – to go out and dominate. To that point, they had dominated the race. I think 96 laps led to that point. Okay. You're in position to win. Why do you take a gamble and stay out as long as they did? I'm not upset about not coming. You're upset that he didn't come in a couple laps before Elliot did. Yeah. Come in earlier. Yeah. Put you in a better position. You're and going then you can to, use those tires and race your way back into position. If you want to pit again, you got to pit again. So you were going to race your way back. You had the fastest car on the property. You're passing everybody anyway. You were going to race your way back up there with fresh tires. And maybe, so and maybe sooner. I don't know if we thought about this. I'm thinking out loud here, but maybe they were thinking that Denny Hamlin wasn't going to be that much quicker than everyone because he had a solid car. Denny was great. That's why there was ten cars on the lead lap at the end of the race and again with the 550 package that's not supposed to happen so I I mean, Danny out drove the package today and that that you know ultimately got on the win but I listened to that radio between Daniels and and Taylor Mon and and Larson um during this whole thing while it happened and and Cliff kept saying that they were better on older stuff than Denny was they were just gapping him. And so I don't know if, if the overconfidence got to him about how fast they were and they should have just kept where they were at and, and did what they did. But you've been to Vegas the last few years, and how often do we get a natural caution to rely on that? So it, you got to come in. It, you can't run that tank dry later on. We don't see – a, you, we don't see cars win races when they run deep into a fuel run. Look at Austin Dillon t- in the, the later portions tonight during that 
last green flag. He went all the way, and I think he ended up like 20-something because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can't do it. Yeah. So we'll we'll go through the results. I want to go through the bets I made, I guess. Um, Larson obviously finished 10th. Didn't work for me. Uh, Joey Logano did all right. I think, yeah, he finished 11th. Um, just not a uh, great race for those guys. And then um, I almost spaced. I had Ryan Blaney. He finished 5th. Not a bad race at all. Um, I want, you know, the funny thing is I almost picked Elliot and I wanted to stay away from that uh, because of the Harvick thing. I thought something might happen between the two. They raced against each other. Now, yeah. Harvick, Elliot passed him twice pretty easily. So I don't think Harvick could have taken that chance if he wanted to. I don't see it happening here. I know. Maybe from, at the Roval. Yeah, this was after, I mean, like, I had seen. When I make, I made my decision that I filmed the video later, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I had just seen the video from Harvick uh, still bitching about Elliot on Sunday morning. And I'm like, geez, dude's real pissed about this. Um, so stayed away from that. But I did go with the bonus bet. The bonus bet is now 1-0. Yeah, the, bonus bet is my, the bonus bet made my money back on the race because I put so much money on Elliot. That, I saw that. That was impressive. I well, luckily Elliot was the only Henry car that didn't really have an issue all day. Right. right. Um, well, he, yeah. just, he fell into it at the right spot. Alan Gustafson made the right call. Right. So we'll we'll get back to the drawing board next week at Talladega. Usually the play tracks, I pick like five guys and get them all wrong. So well, look for that next yeah. week. I'm I'm gonna pick Blaney. I want. I think Blaney is gonna win this race coming up. You think so? Blaney is pound for pound the most underrated plate driver or super speedway. I'm sorry. I keep saying plate restrictor plates aren't a thing anymore. Um, most underrated super speedway driver on the roster in NASCAR. I like his, I like his teammate driving oh. that two car. Oh, he, so Keselowski's stats will tell you he's a, not a great super speedway racer, but they'll also tell you he either, he either goes first or last. And we've seen him do some big things. He's won six races at Talladega. He's tied in. Oh, I know. And no one, no one is, thought he was going to do that. Well, okay. When I left Talladega when the car, uh, when Edwards' car went in the fence, I said that Kaslowski cat's going to be pretty good. Well, yeah, but that was also because <laughs> he dumped Carl coming across the trioval. But no, I, he's he's good there. I you can't not. I don't know. You can't not. Okay. Well, yeah. You can. You you're sponsoring that. I'll put that in the video. You're sponsoring that pick for me, damn it. <laughs> Okay. If I if I went on that, I'll share the earnings with you. All right, fair enough. Um, let's see. And then the playoff uh, grid: Hamlin's going to go the round of eight. Obviously, Larson has a big lead, fifty-seven points. If he has a solid day at Talladega, he can clinch his way into the next round already. He's got to get get stage points. Is all he's yes. got to get. He's got to get. Think, stage I think if I was him, I would go completely for stage points this race. Not that anyone really does anything that much different at Talladega. It's pretty sound. Pretty. You can't really out strategize people at Talladega. You got out play race them. The only thing you can do is short pit, like they do at Daytona, but that's about it. It's yeah, it's a ball game then too. Absolutely. Um, Martin Truex, or sorry, Kyle Busch is plus thirty five. Truex plus thirty one. Blaney and Elliott are twenty four and twenty two up on the cut line. Then you start getting a little closer. Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski have leads of six and four points. And then Byron is out by four, Harvick's out by seven, Bowman's out by 13, and Christopher Bell 
out by 25. He got caught a lot down today because of a tire tire failure, and it really screwed up his whole strategy and everything. He was long pitting because he had to. Right. It was the same situation with with Byron and Bowman late, too. They all had the tire issues, which was kind of weird. Everybody was complaining about tires all day long, being being loose wheels and and stuff like that. And it, it was kind of kind of odd, to be honest with you. you, know, I've, you I've never heard any of these like complaints up until like this year not it, especially there not, not right there anyway you hear them at like atlanta or darlington and stuff like that because of how old the pavement is but it's I think not, las vegas's surfaces get a little older as i say but it's not like vegas is in the middle of the midwest where we get snow you know five six months out of the year right absolutely all right, um, you got anything else from the NASCAR front? I'm excited for Talladega next week. Um, Josh Berry won the Xfinity race and Mike won NASCAR. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, the truck race was fun Friday, too. Yeah, it was a good race, too. Christian Eckes gets the uh, the win, his first career win. That was pretty cool on a you know part-time basis. And I, he, oh, he was the, pretty emotional about that, too. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, Christian Eckes, at one point, I thought was the best prospect in the minor league they thought, he, they thought he was the next Eric Jones kind of cat. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I really like him. I think he'll be good. Uh, I had two things from that. Um, well, one from today, one from Friday. If you're bitching about team orders in NASCAR, you need to, <laughs> you need to shove it. Christian Ackes could have pulled the hell off and let either one of the two guys behind him that are both in the playoffs racing for that could have let either of them buy. And he didn't. They finished one, two, three, four. Don't bitch about team orders to me, because yeah. I don't. I don't want to hear that shit. See, see it every weekend in Formula One, and we get hyped for it. And then NASCAR does it. All of a sudden, it's a bad deal. Same it's, thing for JRM on um, last night. Yes. Same thing. Yes. Um, and then the other thing is, as much as the five fifty package stinks, I think we have stuff to talk about because the playoffs are a thing. And you know, yeah. I'm one. I'm one of the few that likes the playoffs and likes that. And I think the 550 package would have been exposed a lot earlier if we didn't have stage racing. But I like stage racing. I like the playoffs. Thank God for it, because otherwise, this is a boring episode. It, it's to me, it's boring regardless whether you got the playoffs or not, because that's all that the TV side talked about throughout the night was. Well, well, this this is the, the point. They, they were talking more about Talladega in the last thirty laps, and they were. Yeah, the race sucks so much. They had a camera on Kurt Busch for the last like eight laps of him going like P eight, well, and not not there. being in the playoffs. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They went to Harvick for about four laps and talking about somebody who wasn't even in the top fifteen while <laughs> while having the video on on Harvick. So that to me, it. it Regardless of the playoffs, I don't think it makes a difference. It's yeah, there was someone on uh, – go listen to the Circle Jerks podcast. that will come out a day after ours uh, or on Tuesday, I think. Maybe – I think they record Monday night and they put it up Tuesday. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know who said it, but he was saying that he liked Fox's coverage by a mile over NBC's this year. Yeah, it's been weird. I, I thought NBC would have been a lot better. but They were the, they were the hot like new cats, that. and it, it just feels like whoever's producing that stuff doesn't know – uh, kind of what's going on with the point situation, everything. I've always said you put Mike Joy in the same booth with the three 
experts or color commentators for NBC, Latart, Dale Jr. And, and Jeff Burton. And that's like a dream booth because Mike Joy is really good and has had a really rough time the last few years with an aging DW and Jeff Gordon, who wasn't the greatest and now Clint Boyer, who just can't stay on topic, but I love Clint. He's fun in the booth. And then you've got Rick Allen where everything's a big deal. So nothing's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the other side of that is like, I can't wait until one of these guys just like throws Rutledge wood up there or a, uh, maybe, maybe get Pat McAfee in the booth for a race. I'm waiting for it. At this point, it's like, all right, the experts are so diluted that we will take the entertainment value of whoever you yeah, want to be. Well, that, that doesn't surprise me. No, I, I'm like you, though. I'm looking forward to Talladega. Get away from this conversation. Give us something new to talk about. And then we got the Roval after that. I mean, yeah, those races can't suck. It is hard no. to make either of those races suck. And I'm sure well, one of them's going to now that I said that. But especially, no. Yeah, you'll I, get, got, uh, I got wood right here. We're good. You'll get the double dip in the uh, round of eight when they go to Kansas and Texas. Don't worry. <laughs> hopefully uh that turns out better um let's move on a little bit here uh i want yeah. to let's stay on asphalt we'll go to dirt right after that um alex Plew wins his first career indycar series title at 24 years of age this guy was running around in f3 and f2 in the super gt series you know things that not as many people watch and uh comes to indycar had a podium in his third race with Dale Coyne, uh, made a lot of moves. He, he, I noticed him during the 2020 Indy 500 is what it would have been. That's why I picked him to win it um, this season. And I'll probably pick him to win it again next season as long as everything's going smoothly uh, like he's doing. The dude has a lot of talent uh, behind the wheel. He got that Chip Ganassi ride in the off season when Felix Rosenquist left Chip Ganassi to take a bigger uh, – salary from Errol McLaren, which I thought was insane. Um, and sure enough, the Chip Ganassi car uh, comes out on top of this whole fight and Pluins up winning the whole thing. I think, I think if you're Errol McLaren, you're kind of punching yourself. Not really. Um, Cause they contended with Pato. They're in a good spot. They'll be fine. Um, and Felix is fantastic. I've talked to him a few times through interviews and stuff. He's a great guy, but Really impressed with Alex Palou, and that was really cool to see him get the win today. Couple of things that that I didn't obviously I didn't get to see the whole the race at all. I listened to the last two and a half laps on my way home uh, from from the drag race, but I loved listening to the radio broadcast because Mark Jaynes pointed out a couple of things. One, this is I think he said was the eighteenth. Uh, championship by Chip Ganassi since like 1996 could be wrong but it sounds pretty close because of how many drivers they've had go through there and win I mean Dixon's won every other year it feels like so. I think Dixon has six with them uh, Dario Franchitti has three Dario's, yeah well he's won, I know he won two with them for sure I don't know if he won all he won four total, three with them. That's right. Dan Weldon's wasn't with Chip Ganassi, as weird as that sounds, because I feel yeah. like I watched him only ever in the Chip Ganassi car before uh, yeah. he went to the National Guard car and then almost went back to Andretti. Yeah, so, you know, it, the other thing that Mark Jane said, and it was right as he as, – as the checkered flag flew, was Palou signed – 
with Dale Coyne and people said what or said who. He got bumped up to Dale Coyne's IndyCar ride full time and people said what. And now he's a NTT IndyCar champion and people are saying wow. That's a great line. It, I it's gonna stick with me. That was pretty cool that I was able to hear that. So that uh that there's was awesome. their radio broadcast too. If you guys want to listen to IndyCar or watch IndyCar That's when you're not in front of a TV, my God, it's amazing. I love it. That's the most impressed I am of any racing product this year is how their app is so smooth. They have points as they run at any time in the race. The audio broad or the radio broadcast is just amazing. You get it for free on the IndyCar app. So I'll be honest with you. Even if I do have a TV, I turn on the radio broadcast all the time. I mean, I do it for NASCAR races too. So it's just so easy to pull up and to listen to. And I love listening to stuff like that going on. If I'm ever like have to be driving during it. To me, it's more in depth, which it has to be because you've got to paint your own picture. Right. But I I love it because they're giving you more in-depth things. And yeah, that the radio broadcast for IndyCar, I, for sure listen to it for the 500 every year while I've got it on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then this morning, uh, Formula One, Lando Norris uh, leading in the closing laps uh, and it starts raining. And <laughs> just, I feel like you start that race 20 minutes earlier and Lando Norris is standing here uh, winning for the first time in his career. So mm-hmm. sucks for him. Uh, Lewis Hamilton gets his 100th career Formula One victory. Uh, congrats to him. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's it's an amazing feat. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to win a hundred times in any sport. So to to have him, you know, it's hard to win one time in, in any motorsport, especially. So to see to be able to experience so many different drivers winning as much as we've been able to in in this era, that's uh, that's pretty cool. I'm excited to see how that. Uh, I think they're separated by two points in the title race uh, for the championship here, Max Verstappen and him. Verstappen can't, comes all the way back from last to finish second. Good action there. I'm excited to watch that play out ah, through uh, the month of November and December. I think their championship race is like December 3rd, December 5th or something like that. So, Which is crazy to think it's only like a two-point gap when it feels like every every race is is a Hamilton win, especially. Yeah, every race is one or the other, and when Hamilton – loses he really loses so right that's where that's where you make it up all right let's get to dirt um big big weekend had a lot of fun watching these races a lot of really not talked about moments for what we had of the dirt weekend i want to start with this one justin henderson wins his third career title at husitz his second in 410 sprint car action and the first title won by someone at the track in like five years they returned to weekly racing this year for the first time in a while i don't know what the last year was that's why i'm not mentioning it (laughs) um they had 25 race nights this year damon they didn't rain out a single one that's insane i can't i you know you got to get lucky to do it they did a great job at doing it think about you know how many times around here even or or you know how many times did knoxville have to because of of rain or you know like adams county and corning i know did a couple of different times and so to get 25 shows in 
and not a single rain out. That's that's impressive. Yeah, that's get getting on, that's getting lucky. Get get on them. Uh, give us some of that horseshoe power, though. Take take that to uh, some of our stuff. Right. Um. Other than that, we had in the world of outlaws, Brad Sweet blows two tires in the same race. They didn't go flat from running so hard. He just punctured them. There's mm-hmm. debris on the track, something at Eldora. He's the only guy – that's the only issue that I saw all of Friday and most of Saturday, I believe. Um, don't quote me on the Saturday part. I was watching a majority of highlights. But Gravel knocked off like 34 points of Brad Sweet's lead. Mm-hmm. The next four races, Damn, are in Pennsylvania. I don't think Gravel is necessarily out of it yet. He's 120 back at 60 spots on the track. Didn't he, he won at Lernerville too, right? On Saturday, yes, he beat Brad Sweet on Saturday night at Lernerville. Yeah, so he he's if there is somebody that's needing some momentum, it's that guy driving the two, and he's he's taking care of it right now. I'm like you; I don't think he's completely out of it yet. And I obviously there's there's some bigger gaps along the way, but think about how much momentum going into next year that shots can gain with a couple of wins and kind of block gravel and hod and shield blocking gravel to get there as well. I but think Shuhart might come back on. Shuhart's been hot too. Actually like, going into Pennsylvania, you know, right. They're yeah. at, uh, I think they're at Port Royal. That's gotta be next week. No, it's national open week, isn't it? Yeah. National yep. open this week at Williams Grove, uh, Nittany showdown at Port Royal next week. Those are both Friday, Saturday weekends for the world of outlaws. Um, I think I think if Gravel races it perfectly all four nights and Sweet has a bad night or two, I think it's a completely different picture. Uh, but that's a lot to happen. Brad Sweet has not faltered a lot this season. The only time he did was two very unlucky tire punctures. Well, it's out of his control, really. I mean, the any time that you've seen you've seen Sweet not finish or or struggle. It's been out of his control. You, you don't see them mechanically struggle. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go into the Four Crown Nationals um, stuff that we saw. Rico wins the All-Star Circuit of Champions race. Uh, that was good on him. He finished right in front of uh, – who got second? Why can't I – I don't know. I think it was Schoenberg maybe? Might have I been. I double check. I want to get this right. But uh, my buddy, Ayrton Jenathan – had Man, an amazing weekend. A, he was, a weekend. He was prepped to come on the show after he got to his hotel um, before Glenn texted me. Man, talk about a weekend. I know I was – Parker no- Price Miller got second. I'm sorry. Sorry for Parker on that one because I remembered reading it. Good good drives. Uh, all the, the top three of those guys, all of them wanted some good runs this weekend. And Ayrton goes – third quick qualifying on his first night at Eldora with the world of Outlaws mm-hmm. finishes eighth. And now he finishes third on the podium with the all-stars. Well, that's what I was just about to say is I was watching obviously more of the truck race on, on Friday when the outlaws were there. And I kept seeing the, the tweets roll in that he had just taken his first laps and was really fast off the truck and then goes like third quick and is competing. He won his heat, right? Yep. Yeah. So he he's right there, and and I saw that. And I'm like, okay. He uh, he adapted pretty nicely to that track. And then uh, one other thing I wanted to add from that: Ericsson needs to get better at dash draws. 
Um, and there's a formula to it. I don't know what it is. We need to, we need to get Wayne Johnson on here and ask him. But he's no kidding. He's been to four oh, dashes four. all season. So the dashes you finish top two in your heat race, you go to this dash, and the top eight or top six, however many cars, uh, depends. It kind of fluctuates from each track, but the top eight race like a six lap shootout to figure out where they start. So it's randomized, and then you race your way to your starting position. Wayne Johnson has drawn the number one pill four times out of four this mm-hmm. season in the dashes. I would purposely not make a dash and then like have that on a trophy case. You, that's crazy though, to think about how successful he's been. And then the one time that I've watched you put a uh, pill draw, it was not very good. So I, you know, I have one pill draw to my collection and I thought I drew a one and it was actually a seven. <laughs> I was there that night. It was uh, Brian awesome. Brown will not forgive me on that one. No, probably not. <laughs> He uh he's very superstitious and having me draw the pill is probably the worst thing you can do because I'm pretty good at jinxing people. I'll, I'll do it for anybody. Maybe I can uh rectify my average. There you go. I'm guessing uh David Gravel will hire you to go pill draw for sweet the next week if you that that would be good. If he wants me to fly up there, I will. Uh so David, if you're listening, uh if you want to pay my flight, I'll buy a case of beer for us up there. I don't know if they have bush light in Pennsylvania. If they don't, I don't want to go. They got Yingling. That's good enough. All right. That's fine. We got it back. We're good. Glad <laughs> that that's settled. Um, on the USAC side, so there's three, obviously, all three divisions raced at Eldora. Um, Tyler Courtney won the non-wing sprint car portion. Um, he was trying to win all six races, was disappointed. He only got uh, two of the six through the weekend. Nonetheless, uh, great to see him uh, back there winning the midget race on Friday and the sprint race on Saturday, uh, or the non-wing race on Saturday. Uh, He's going he's gonna to go off and win the All-Star Circuit of Champions title. Good for him. Uh, but in the other two divisions, Chris Windham takes the USAC midget title lead from Buddy Kofoid, who's kind of coming off an injury mm-hmm. uh, and has kind of slowed down his uh, what he's been doing this year. Um, I don't know how much that's affecting this, but Buddy's now two points behind Chris Windham. Each position on the track is worth three. It's going to be a damn good end of the season, the USAC Midget Tour. There's yeah, like 10 races to go, I think. That's uh, that's about as tight as it can get. When, when every spot's three points and your two-point battle between someone who's really talented like that, that's going to make it uh, make it fun to watch. You might have to dial it up a little bit more and pay a little bit closer attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. And the best thing, the coolest thing about that tour is it, is it kind of goes past, it's the weekend so they race two more times uh, in October, um, taking this weekend off, and they race the next weekend. Then they don't race again until November 12th. They have one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. I had to count to make sure they have nine races from November 12th to November uh, 27th. Uh, so all right around Thanksgiving, uh, kind of leading up to that. I love watching that title race uh, go so deep into November. Uh, really shortens the off season for us. I'll always, <laughs> I'll always take that. Any, um, anything to make it shorter. Right. And then on the Silver Crown side, they have one race to go after this one. Logan Seavey ends up winning the race, taking the Silver Crown, um, or I'm sorry, he's one point behind Cody Swanson uh, for the Silver Crown points race. Swanson's won like five championships in that series. He was the uh, he was the celebrity driver in the SRX race this year, mm-hmm. or the hometown hero, whatever they yep. call it. Um He's a talented guy, and the fact that Logan Seavey might upset him is insane. Yeah, that 
it shows how talented though these drivers that maybe we don't or obviously we do but other mediums give to these drivers you think about it obviously we we know the name logan cv you hear that name quite a bit but i'll be honest with you up until srx i didn't hear swanson's name often so right you know and then you start following them more and more and and realizing that they are pretty dang good yeah absolutely i it's weird man the you know jeff gordon coming from that silver crumb background and uh, how much he did for USAC and mm-hmm. it kind of feels like it's just lost its luster because none of the guys end up going anywhere, but that's also, you know, them being overlooked. All these guys are really talented. It's a couple um, of things. It's, it's a money driven sport. Now, if you don't have money, you don't go anywhere. And two, they lost the national spotlight. The, you, Gordon was found on that, that Thursday night thunder show that ran on ESPN and they don't have that, home local local show anymore and that's what i think tony stewart and ray everham are trying to do with the srx stuff because now the national spotlight is getting to see a swanson is getting to see a doug kobe getting to see a brian brown those those type of names on a national stage and you know doug kobe got a truck ride because of srx yeah absolutely i think it uh i hope you know, stuff like that kind of comes out of all this. And, you know, your hope is that uh, it all kind of trickles down, you know, by the time we're uh, five years in the future. But obviously, stuff's changing every day. Uh, You got to adjust and adapt. So um, let's look at the weekend ahead a little bit before we go here. Uh, The World of Allies late models are at Cherokee and Sonoya. Lucas is at uh, up in Pennsylvania at Pittsburgh, I think. Pittsburgh or 100. I don't know what track that is because I wasn't smart enough to write it down. Uh, should be a fun weekend there for late models. Brandon Shepard's going to walk up his fourth straight World of Outlaws uh, series title, and I think Tim McCready can clinch with the Lugas series on this weekend as well. I think their championship race is next week. Damon, what are you uh, over the whole slate, what are you looking forward to next week? And I think Talladega has to be at the top of the list. Yeah, Talladega is the the top. I'm a big fan of super speedway racing. I love the the uh, strategies that are with the runs and how do you block a run and not cause a big wreck and watching the lines form and and all that. The the stuff that made Dale Senior and Dale Junior good at super speedways are the reasons that I enjoy them. Uh, so those those are the the main reasons I would I would say Talladega is the top for me, um, and it's it's probably not even close. Um, and I, do, I don't want to I don't want to overlook. And sorry for the dirt fans, I have definitely overlooked the National Open like three times this episode. My bad, <laughs> I've been tired. Um, I'm excited for that too. Uh, Donnie Shots yeah. won last year. Damon's a huge Donnie Shots guy. Uh, as is Donnie, our boss uh, Chris Williams, um, maybe he maybe he rep- replicates what he found last year and gets another one here. You know, it would be pretty darn cool for him. Like I said, to, to get some momentum going into to next year after what's been probably one of his worst seasons since becoming a full time outlaw. I mean, it, it's 
not been great. He's won a few races and obviously got 300, which was, which was great and, and made another run for a Knoxville nationals and just ran into the hottest driver at the wrong time. But I really think getting him some momentum and, and that group, some momentum, um, you know, would be, would be big, but yeah, if he can do that, that'd be great. Um, I, am looking forward to seeing what gravel can do up there as, as the points battle looks at it. And he, he has, uh, meanwhile, he won the 2014 open. He won the 2017 national open. He's proven himself at Williams Grove. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I would, I would put a lot of money on him and Logan Schuhart performing very well this weekend. What's that? I say Jacob Allen being close to hometown too. Then yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it's crazy, but that pulls out some of the uh, some of the best when you go home. It does, and uh, lots of just intrigue from me from uh, tonight going into next weekend, man. I mean, yeah, very rarely do we see like three lead changes in different series points. Uh, over a weekend and I'm super pumped hopefully y'all enjoyed this one more time the 550 package is trash it's awful please can we get rid of it uh, it's awful. Thank, God my, thank god my day was saved I gotta go watch drag racing that's all matters. <laughs> right right <laughs> um did we did we miss anything did I miss anything I suppose no, I think we got it all. How did my buddy Antron Brown do? I'm close friends with him uh, he he lost to Steve Torrance in the second round <laughs> I told him. Hey, I warned hey, him about that. I warned them that that might happen. Yep. Your your boy Ron Caps lost a good old John Force in the second round too. So that's okay. That's the greatest driver of all time. We'll take exactly. it. Exactly. We'll take it and we'll move See, on to next week. I'm quoting you on that too. What? Greatest driver of all time, right there. Quoting you on it. Is that across all disciplines, or can I narrow that to NHRA? Well. I personally think it's crossed all disciplines because uh, 16 time champ. But all right. Well, if you're picking John Force, I'm picking. I okay. The 16 time champ is a fair, a fair <laughs> thing. I was gonna throw out like Ryan Dunchy and say like that guy could drive okay. anything. <laughs> it's fair. He's <laughs> a dirt bike guy. Um, absolutely. All right, Damon. Thank you. I'm Connor. Uh, I don't know what your sign off, what you want to do for it. I don't have any cool sign off things. I'll try to win the bets <laughs> next week, guys. I'm sorry. I've been real cold on the bets in the Cubs series this year. I don't know what it means. You got to get back to printing winners, buddy. We're going to try to print winners next week. I'm going to have a slate of five or uh, six guys. Maybe uh, Damon's will be the bonus bet. I, no, we got to keep the bonus bet at one. We got to keep the bonus bet undefeated. So I won't put that on just, just Keslowski. <laughs> I just use mine as, as Brad to win. I wish there was a bet where I could pick like Keslowski to win or finish in the bottom ten. Well, you can create your own. Just I wonder. Him. I don't think that's like an option. I don't think DraftKings will say like select the <laughs> positions you think he'll finish in, and then we'll give you odds that are adjusted. That'd be cool thing. It'd be cool. You could have All tried right. it this week. This would have been the week to do it out in yeah. Vegas, right? Uh, uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in. This has been episode six of the Always Race Day podcast. Uh, I don't have them booked yet, but we'll have a good guest on uh, Wednesday night into Thursday morning. So stay tuned for that. We'll catch up with uh, anything we missed uh, over in the news um, over the past weekend and leading into next weekend there on Thursday. And uh, thanks again for joining me, Damon. Yep. Always a pleasure, my man. See y'all. Have a good week.